Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment and relax. Anything else that's going on, just let it fall by the wayside. And we're just going to let the Lord reveal himself to us in any way he chooses. We've been talking about learning about the supernatural realm, the soulical realm. And we start to do that through using our soulical senses. Now it's real hard to describe something that you haven't experienced. So this will be, we learn by experience. It's sort of like trying to describe sight to someone who was born blind or hearing to someone who is deaf or any, any of the senses that never experienced them before. You can't describe, you can't accurately, effectively describe what those senses look like, how they operate, what they offer, what, what value they have. So for each one of us, it's going to be a learning curve, and that's the way it should be. And in fact, that's some real advantage to that. You can't do it wrong. You can't be wrong. So if you call something by a name, something that somebody else uses a different name for, so what? There's, you're both right. There's no, it's not a competition, it's not a contest. It's an experience. It's where we're each walking our own path, but we're all in Christ. We're all in God already. And we're all equal in that because we're all one. It's not a, it's not like a, a lateral equality that we're equally close to God or equally far apart from him a dis, far distance it's we're, we're in him we're all equally in him so there are no you know God's little honeys or his favored or his his um, specials He's no respecter of persons. We don't have to try to get his attention. We don't have to be worthy of anything, of anything. He loves us because that's who he is, and he made you to be loved by him. That is your purpose to receive unconditionally everything he wants to give you unconditionally and then just say thanks. There's that simplicity, but it's far too simple. And it's too simple because our soul, your soul, wants to 
have a role, wants to have a separate purpose, wants to have its own projects. Because by doing that, it can maintain a level of control. And that's fine. It, it, your soul will eventually be one with your spirit, whether it's here on this earth or in the next thing to come. We don't know. God has a time for everything. Now, I do believe that somebody born on this earth will achieve oneness of God, oneness with God while he's here on this earth. Don't know what it would look like and when it's going to be. Could be a billion years from now. Could be ten. Don't know. Could be somebody alive right now. Because he, it's strictly his choice. I suspect when Adam and Eve were wandering around the garden, they had no idea what God had in store for them that they would be lowered from their exalted position with him, in him, one with him, perfectly singular, spirit, soul, and body, perfectly communing with him and with each other. And yet they had no idea, even if God had told him, told them, I'm, your spirits are going to die and you're going to be relying instead only on your soul in your body. They wouldn't have the, the foggiest idea about what that meant until they experienced it. And it, and it wasn't punishment. It was part of the plan. And I think... If, we're, if anybody's stuck on mistakes that you've made, it was part of the plan. Whatever you feel like has been a punishment because of a choice you made or didn't make or a decision or something that happened to you, it's not punishment. Whatever it is you're going through now, it's not punishment. It's part of the plan. His ways are not our ways. His love for us is not like our love. His love is strength. It's power. It's, it can be violent. It's righteous. It's just. It's strong. It's for us. He is protective of his plans for us. He is spending all his time arranging the circumstances in your life. And we say, well, for better or for worse, it's the same thing for him. The tree of knowledge of good and evil on the same tree. And we have a tendency to think if we're experiencing something bad, we've done something bad. And God has removed his hand from us 
So we are suffering the consequences. That's stinking thinking. That's not his way. Because it's all from him. It's all part of the plan. What is, when we step back and we look at his plans, his blueprint, what is it? What is it that he's doing? He's restoring our soul. into its rightful relationship with our spirit, which is already in rightful, righteous relationship with, our, with, our, with him. He knows what he's doing, and it's all part of a plan, but we see things through, you know, through a glass darkly. So part of our challenge is to accept on, on face value, first, that God loves us and that he has working out his plan for us right now. That everything that's happened in our lives, he's sovereign, there's no mistakes, he doesn't go, whoops, I didn't see that coming. And so many of our own doctrines we have to undo. And one of the big doctrines is about the is the pressure of time. That this is our only chance here our life here on this earth is our only chance to please God or to earn a reward or to do or be something whatever it is, that's, that's time pressure. That's one of our enemies. But time is flexible. Time is malleable. God created time. He controls it. And if he controls it, you and I, we can redeem it. We can make it serve us. We can restore that which the canker worm has eaten. Maybe not in this life, here on this earth. Maybe in whatever's coming next, or after that, or after that. But there is no loss, there's only gain when we start seeing that everything God is doing is for us to restore our soul. And it's through that process that we gain gratitude, appreciation. It is so hard to just accept that God loves you that God loves me. I don't have to do anything or be anything or improve or get better or spend more time with him or, you know, be in ministry or do whatever, we, you know, and more involved in the church, have a higher impact on people, get more people into the, you know, into heaven. 
so many of the doctrines we hold have been created out of whole cloth, have just been pulled out of thin air, taken one, you know, a three-letter phrase, a three-word phrase in the Bible and made that into a life-controlling doctrine. And God says, I've come to set you free. Free from those doctrines. There's a simplicity of the devotion to Christ, just loving him, being with him. Everything else will take care of itself. And yet we also see that part of our purpose here on this earth is to learn how our soul functions. When Adam and Eve were were walking around in the garden, their soul, Adam's soul, was fully functioning with his spirit. There was no gap between his soul and his spirit and his soul and his body and his spirit and his body. He was complete and one and entire in, in himself and in God. And likewise for Eve. There was no shadow of turning. And since both of them, each of them were one with God, they were one with each other. And they knew each other by the Spirit. Have you ever been around someone and and you just go, you know, there's, I know you. There's some familiarity there. Uh, uh, I know you. And then you start going through the list of, you know, different churches you've been to or different situations no no that's not it no and you can't find any place where you might have run into each other and you just got to go okay it's just it's just we know we recognize each other in our spirit spirit cries out for spirit and sometimes it answers But we have an opportunity here. That's what we're here. That's part of what we're here for. That God, God's purpose is to restore our soul. Our purpose is to learn how to live and move and have our being as a spirit being that has a soul and a body. Now, I'll bet you and I, you know, without getting into too many details, if I asked you how, how your heart works, you could probably give me some, you know, idea, at least that, you know, it works. <laughs> it's pumping blood. It's working. And then you might be able to go into great detail about how it's working. Likewise with the brain, with your skin, your muscles. You can probably describe certain aspects of your body, whether it's in good shape, whether it's old or young or whether you, you know, have an injury, you stubbed your toe, you can tell me things about your body. But our soul is so much more significant. Your soul, the soul that you have right now, is God's gift to you. And he gave it to you for his purpose. It's a treasure. And yet we have ignored it. 
for the most part. We, we barely take care of our physical body, let alone our soulical, our soul. So part of our, what can be occupying our time while God is doing his thing, our thing is to learn how our soul works. As he's restoring your soul, spirit, your spirit, God's spirit, starts flowing through your soul in that area where your soul's been restored. And it starts to become active in that area. So often, though, we don't recognize it. There is power and authority and the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, whatever you want to call it, is all available in the soul. And you were born with it. Well, whenever God puts the soul into a being, that's when you got it. You, didn't, you don't have to ask for it. God doesn't give it to you after the fact. We all have the same soul qualities, the soulical abilities. Just like, you know, my arm functions the same way yours does, all things being equal. My brain functions the same way as your, yours does, all things being equal. Heart, you know, feet. We, you know, feet do certain things, and they do that for everybody. A foot is a foot is a foot. It's not that complicated. Your soulical abilities, you know, if we, as we started to, to drill down into what, you know, traditional Christianity has, you know, put them into different categories, you know, prophecy and word of knowledge and miracles and the gift of faith and all these things, those are all in your soul right now, all of them. You can raise the dead right now. You know the future in your soul right now. It's all there. It's just dormant. Being in the presence of God stirs up what has been dormant. I love how when Moses was getting the um, Ten Commandments and talk, well, just talking with God upon his mountain, he would come down and he'd be glowing. The light of God would be on him. And I'm pretty sure what that was is his soul responding to its home. His soul was meant to be in contact in one with his spirit but he was dead in his spirit Moses was dead Abraham was dead they were all dead in their spirit Elijah all of them they were dead in their spirit but then when Moses came down they had to cover his face he wanted to cover his face because he didn't want people to see that light fade then it went away It was not yet time. 
He could not be alive in his spirit. But just being that close to, to the source, to spirit, energized his soul. And he was able to carry that for a limited period of time. Now you and I, we have that light within us permanently now because we have been re-spirited. We are now a living spirit. But just as Abraham and Moses and Elijah and all of them their source of that life and light and power was the presence of God. Now you and I live in the presence of God. So your source now is within you. Not you, not apart from your spirit, but because your spirit is one with God. Now your abilities are your soul, part of your soul. And one of my favorite historical figures is Jean Guyon, or however you pronounce it. And she, you know, had some amazing experiences. And one of them, there was a a woman who had cancer. And she had gone to all these doctors, and they told her, you know, go home and die, basically. And a friend of hers said, there's this woman that um, people are, are being healed. And you've got to come and she'll help. And so her friend took her to Jean Guyon and they went and, and talked privately. And the woman's friend came out and she was asked, what happened? And the woman only responded, I have to know God. I have to know him. I want to know him. And she said, no, well, but what happened? She says, I, I have to know God. I, I want to know, I want to see him. I want to know him. And she said, but no, about about the cancer, did did that get taken care of? Are you are you healed? Do you, do you still have the cancer? So, oh, oh, yeah, that's taken care of, but I have to know God. We have to know him. That's our driving force. Healing, being able to heal, like, again, raise the dead, uh, speak prophecy, speak life and wisdom and knowledge. Those are all things that are available to us now and will be enlivened as we seek him, as we wait on him, as we rest in him, as we know him. And even with our efforts to know him, because sometimes it does take real effort to, to wait on him, we labor to enter into rest. And the kingdom is taken by force, and that Labor and violence is out of our rest, and that rest comes from recognizing the sovereignty of God. 
And when we realize and recognize and rest in his sovereignty, that you are not a mistake, your life isn't a mistake, you're not going to go, you know, okay, suffer the consequences of, past, of your past, or, and there's no reason to be fearful of your future. Bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen to everybody. Good things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. Good things happen to everybody. We don't judge how we're doing based on things that are happening to us. We, we judge how we're doing by asking God. And what I find, one of the things I find interesting is that no matter what situation you're in, God uses it to draw you to him. Any situation where you think, I wonder what God would say about this, or was that him, or I, I feel I miss him. I feel like we're a million miles apart. I need to deal with that. You know, what's go, what's going on? Anytime there's any desire to know him better, you can rest assured it's from him. And he never teases us. Right now, if you have any desire to know him better, or to know your soul better, or any of the things we're talking about. That only comes from him. Where else could it come from? It's not from your soul. Your soul wants to maintain control. Your soul is resisting what God is doing. Because your soul already has its nice little kingdom set up. Your soul, your mind, will, and emotions are already have, you know, all your doctrines set out, all your emotions set out, all the choices. You have your plans and your methods, and you have everything under control. Don't, don't rock my boat. I've got everything just the way I want it. And, of course, God comes along and tips the boat over. We will continue a bad habit as long as it works. But that's not what God's ultimate purpose for your soul is. It's for restoration. Now, as he restores us, again, we learn by experience. And we trial, it's trial and error. But that has nothing to do with our relationship with God. So any desire we have to know him, any desire we have to enter into that rest comes from him. It doesn't come from our enemies. It doesn't come from our soul. It doesn't come from the devil, our enemy, the devil and his little buddies. Even though that's what God was created, God created them for, to, to tempt, to accuse, to divide. That's what their job is, and they do their job really well. The devil's intent for you is never that you enter into God's rest. It's never that you know him better. So there's two enemies down. 
then there's the world system. The world system, time, peer pressure, doctrines, man's doctrine, political doctrine, the strongholds, the strongholds of men's mind, finances, boundaries, everything. They don't want you to enter into God's rest. They don't want you one with him, to know God. So who else would there be that would want you to be one with him, that would give you that desire? It only comes from him. And he does not tease us. So if you have any desire, if you have any inkling, if you if you are cautious about, okay, I wonder if maybe this is true. Maybe I I have been living like a victim and God wants to change my mind. Maybe I've been living under the misunderstanding that the mistake I made all those years ago ruined my life, kept me from what God's purpose was. Maybe I need to change my mind. And we ask the Lord, we, we seek him, and we wait on him, and we wait with him, and we wait for him, and we're just with him. We let him be the God, but we respond. And in the process of responding, he will give us the desires of our heart. It's not that he gives you the desires of whatever your heart comes up with. That he puts those desires in your heart. So if you have a desire to learn about healing, raising the dead, healing, word of wisdom, knowledge, prophecy, whatever it is, pursue it. Follow it. Let God make it real. Let him teach you. Make the most of your time here. That's how we redeem it is we enjoy it. Enjoy your life. It's an adventure. Yeah, there's hard times, there's good times, but it's all an adventure. So, thanks for tuning in. Feel free to drop me a line at diane at therainersclub.org. Hope you're encouraged. Hope you're encouraged to, to know him, to enjoy your life, and to rest in him. We'll be getting back together again same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Brainers Radio. Have a great night.